Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast. On I know I sound cheery, but it's not a cheery time. Stoke went down twice in a week and pretty much obliterated any chance of promotion or the playoffs. And I'm joined by Ange. How are you feeling today, Ange? Well, you know, Ian, every time I hear you, you, you lift my spirits with the wonderful positivity that exudes from every pore in your body. I'm fed up, like every other Stoke supporter, and I do wonder when we're ever going to get a referee that doesn't have the same qualities as Stevie Wonder. Well, yeah, the refereeing standard is appalling. We're going to discuss that later on. But first, we're going to have to discuss, is that it now for the playoffs? I'm, I'm concrete saying there's more chance of Stevie Wonder doing a marathon. I've, I've got to be honest, there's absolutely no chance of us getting into those playoff places for me now. Well, I was going to say there's more chance of us getting into the playoffs than you getting hair as long as Ben, ben Wilmot used to have. So... I think we're both singing from the same inches. Well, unless I do have a chance, which I'm discussing. No, I'm not. I'm not. But yeah, we'll go in with the player ratings. This will be fun, and we go straight in with Bonham. Well, firstly, I was really surprised he was playing. Uh, secondly, he made one of the best saves I've seen for a Stoke keeper for a long, long time when he kept a uh, one out in the second half. Um, I did think he stayed on his line at the wrong time when they scored the first of their two goals. But I thought, you know, for the save alone, I'm giving him an eight. An eight? Wow. Yeah. I'm going in with a six. Um, oh, you're really in one of your moves, aren't you? Well, it, I do, it, it, it just doesn't impress me, to be honest. I think he was caught, caught out by the Cali Eddie. I mean, to be honest, he was near the other post. When the yeah. ball came back along to Solanke, where he was, why he was in no man's land like that, I don't know. Um, I'm not, I'm not a great fan of him. I've got to be brutally honest. Um, but yeah, he, he did better than normal. But you know, with the, I just, I just don't rate him. I've, I've, I've got to be honest, and I was quite surprised to see him in with you. Yeah, that save was from Cantwell as well, wasn't it? Yeah, little yeah. headbanded Cantwell. The header he made the save from, yeah. I was amazed he was in, but he, he, the one thing I do think he does better than Joe Bursic at the moment is clear his lines. If there's any doubt, he sticks his foot through the ball and it's up the centre of the pitch. But I agree with you regarding um, being at the wrong post. But I just felt at that stage, look, if you're a Stoke fan, we all knew. In fact, one of my mates sent me a message and said, can they hang on? And I put, no, it'll be a 96-minute winner. Well, I got it a bit late. Because you all know. So fans know what's coming. Yeah, which is disappointment. Right, so now we move into Tommy Smith. Well, I thought he did OK. I mean, he scored a great goal. It was dead like the goal he scored uh, on the last day last season. I mean, he didn't half-rifle it in. And I thought he played well. Um, as, as the match went on, he got forced further and further back. Um, and, and that's probably because we were reduced to ten to ten men. But for uh, uh, you, you may get a trend coming here. I'm going to give him an eight. And another eight, are you? Yeah, okay. To be honest, I'm going to go on with eight as well. I thought he played very well yesterday, Tommy Smith. His, his shot was a beautiful shot, to be honest. And like you said, it was a similar goal to the last game of last season. But I thought he defended well, especially when his back was against the wall. He did give away a couple of daft free kicks, but other than that, it was a great return from him because, of course, obviously the great Ben Wilmot wasn't playing and I think we would have won that game if he was. 
<laughs> this loving is getting worse now. I need a new player for next season. But yeah, I thought it was good, good performance from Tommy Smith, and I couldn't knock him. Right, here we go. Now we move into the man, <laughs> the man of the moment, Morgan Fox. Well, I felt so sorry for Morgan Fox. He just managed to get back in the team. I thought he was doing okay, actually. I thought he was playing okay. And then, yeah, okay, I know you're going to say it was a sending off. I think you're mental. Um, I won't steal your thunder, but I'll say why I don't think it was. Right. I don't think it was because he never meant to touch the bloke. I know that doesn't mean anything, but his studs were not up, right? He caught him because he couldn't stop his momentum. It wasn't dangerous in any way. And I've never had much time for Bournemouth uh, when Eddie Howe managed them I thought they wasted so much time at Stoke which made it quite funny yesterday but there's just there's a pottery's word that I'm going to use they're snidey they're horrible little cheats as far as I'm concerned and he rolled us around as, as though he'd been poleaxed I don't think it was a sending off I felt sorry for Fox because he was sent off and apparently he went in straight away and apologised um, I think I can only give him a six. And I feel for him because I don't think it was a sending off. I don't think the two that their blokes did after were sendings off, but they never even got a foul. They got throw-ins. So I'm very sorry for the bloke, and I hope we do appeal it because I just think we should as a matter of course. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I thought... Until he got sent off, that was actually the best performance I'd seen from Morgan Fox. To be yes, honest, I would agree. he was trying to break the ball forward. He was he was doing clever little knocks down with the people alongside him. I thought he, he really looked up for the game. Um, it was never a red card in a month of Sundays. I know you. I know I was joking earlier on before we started the pod that it was. It was. It was never a red card. He he, he tackled the ball and he followed through. What he, he wasn't high. His foot was low. It just just bad connection. And there was the one way on. From the Bournemouth player was worse on yeah, Maggi, definitely. which uh, where his foot was, are But didn't even get a foul, which yeah. which surprises me. I thought Morgan Fox, to be honest, this is the first time he's going to get a he's going to get a five from me, um, oh, for the first because normally they get ones and zeros. People who get sent off, yeah, like like uh, the legend that was Sam Surridge. Quickly forgotten about him, haven't we? Uh, but yeah, completely. yeah, I, I felt sorry for Fox, but to be honest, I don't understand why he's playing. But yesterday he looked, he impressed me, to be honest. Right, so now we move into more. He did everything as well as he could. I actually thought he, he's quite good at tidying up and doing the basics, and he's, he's quite nippy when he's running too. He, he helped Smith out with uh, Dembele and that Zamora, who, if, if you sent Fox off, you've got to send Zamora off. But I thought. He did. He, he did okay, and um, not quite as okay as some of the others. He's getting seven. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think I think he looked like a bit of a secondary leader out there. To be honest, yeah, he, he was he was guiding people round. But the problem is for me, he looks too much like Ashley Williams, and it's frightening me. <laughs> <laughs> he does, and you look so similarly. You expect him to have a bit of Ashley Williams about some of his clearances, don't you? But yeah. No, I thought, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go in with a six. I thought he was all right. I think um, he, he was. A, he, he, the thing is, from what I saw yesterday, he looks a bit panicky and when crosses and free kicks are flying in. Yeah. He seems like, you know, get your head on it kind of thing. Yeah. And, it, and for me, for the for the equaliser, there was three players round Cali. He somehow still got his header away and Moore was one of those players. So... Yeah, I'll go on with I'll go on with a steady six because I I just didn't rate him to be honest. But 
you know, he's better than Williams, which is a bonus. Right, now we move into Jaggy Elke. I thought he was steady, Eddie. Um, there was a couple of instances when he gave the full-backs hell for, for not clearing the ball properly. Uh, he just he just does the right thing at the right time. He, he, honestly, he was probably extremely tired at the end with all the work he did. I was very, very impressed with him yesterday. I do wonder if he'll be fit enough for Tuesday. I hope so. He's getting an eight from me. Uh, yeah, he's getting an eight from me. I thought he was the rock at the back yesterday. I mean, if he wasn't playing, I think we could have got absolutely battered, to be honest. Um, he was he was yeah. guiding the other two centre-backs well, and it's good to see two leaders back there. It's not making much of a difference at the moment, as we know, but, you know, I think Jaggy Elkraft, the last game, not looting the, the game that when we talked about it last time, um, where he probably had one of his worst games. This was the opposite, where he actually looked amazing again, proper leader and shuffling that through. But the thing I like the most about Jaggy Alke, he always makes the right decision when it comes yeah. to going in for a tackle or clearing the ball or making the right pass. He seems to always know what he's doing, and I'm, I'm really rating the lad. Right, now we go into Harwood Bellish. Now, I thought Harwood Bellish probably had one of his best games for Stoke, because I, I think he's had a couple of not great ones. He got into some good good attacking positions as well, uh, you know, when we managed to break out. thought he defended really well, and he's getting an eight from me as well. Uh, I'm going to give Harwood Bellish a nine, actually, oh, yeah. for yesterday. I thought he was our best player on the pitch yesterday. Um, attackingly, he was getting the ball forward, but again, what I've said about him so many times is... He reads the ball incredibly well. When the yeah. balls were flopping in, he was there all the time, getting the ball yeah. away. And again, with him and Jaggy Elke, there's a beautiful little partnership growing there, which is a shame that one's 39 and one's on loan, which is a shame for next season in the Championship. But he was enthusiastic as well. He was still trying to get us forward every opportunity, even though we all of a sudden became a flat-back 11. He, he's, well, flat back 10 technically, but I thought he was brilliant yesterday. He was getting the ball, he was moving it forward and he was trying to get things working. Definitely. And he, he was absolutely outstanding yesterday and he's the person I took note of from it mainly because I thought he was brilliant. Right, now we go into Baker. Well, I think Baker's quality. Uh, I'm, I mean, when we played the other night, we'll come on to the other night, sadly. I thought he was anonymous. I thought they were all anonymous, but I thought he was quality. Not just on the ball, but off the ball. And with Stoke having to work so hard in midfield, him, him he did a really good job, so he's getting an eight. Uh, yeah, I'm going to follow up with an eight as well. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. After his two really turgid performances in the last two games, he stepped back up again. And he seems like a player that when you've got a dogfight on your hands, he'll turn up. He just kept them at bay. And because of his pace and his, his ability on the ball, he was just constantly keeping... Bournemouth at bay Todd Cantwell couldn't cope with him because he was just constantly at his heels every time he got the ball yeah. and I tell you what he is a player as well Todd Cantwell how the hell they've got him I don't I, I still don't know how they've got him I really don't but they've somehow got him I bet Bournemouth fans are going how the hell Stoke got Lewis Baker because he, sure he was brilliant brilliant yesterday right so now we go on to the resurgence in, in great form at the moment Joe Allen well I'm glad for the you know, occasionally you see the right things, but I thought he was all over the pitch, wasn't he? Just nicking the ball away from people, and and he kept his composure, and he bought us a bit of time on several occasions. So, I am actually going for an eight for Joe. 
I was going to go in with a nine, but I can't. I can't because I give that to Howard Bally. So I'm going to go in with an eight. I right. thought Joe Allen was absolutely... Did we win this game? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought he was brilliant again yesterday. This is the third game in a row where I've actually looked at him and gone, wow, what's gone on with Joe Allen? He must be listening to the podcast and gone, that Ian's right, I better put my ideas up. Yeah. I tell you what, yesterday, because to me, in the Luton game, which we're obviously going to discuss after, he was brilliant in that game as well. He was nipping it in every, all the time, taking the ball away, constantly a falling ball aside, and he kept them away from the goal. He was given his time. Yes, his passing was astray at times, but I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Absolutely brilliant. Right, now we move into Thompson. Now, I'm giving Thompson man of the match because I, I thought when he had to change his position and, and dig in, I thought he was uh, really good. You know, he, he pressed at the start of the match and then he went to wing back and then he hurt his calf, which I don't think he'd be able to play at midweek. But he's getting a nine for me. We're a much better team with Thompson in it. Yeah, I'm going to follow up with an eight. I think he wasn't as good as Be- Be- Bellish for me, but he was brilliant yesterday. And, and I think he looked amazing in the left wing back role. Yeah, very good. Better than Timon, in my opinion. Yeah. I know it might just be a, a 60 minute spell or whatever but I thought he was brilliant yesterday he was constantly pressing at Bournemouth he was the only player I, I can remember watching the game thinking the only way we're going to nick a second goal is coming from Thompson yeah you're probably right and, until, until he got he's obviously he pulled his leg again yeah. but very good display yesterday and he's he, he was brilliant brilliant at just winning free kicks just, just jumping ahead of players just to try and give us a bit more time and get the ball away from us Fantastic display from Thompson. Right, now we move into Nick Powell. Right, well, you just talked about winning free kicks. Nick Powell is just a genius at winning free kicks. Um, he, he keeps the ball well, which we know, but yesterday he was back to the Nick Powell that, that we really we really like. He was in the final third, he was charging around. I just thought he was great. He did a lot of defending too. Um, and again, I'm giving him an eight. I'm going to go with a seven for Nick Powell, to be honest. Um, I like him, but I don't like him that high up, right. to be honest, in the sort of striker role alongside Jacob Brown, because I think they, in ways, quite kind of a bit too similar, and there's no sort of linchpin up there, really. But, yeah, he's great. to be honest, I think that's why he got a move to Man United, was his skill at falling over other players and knowing when yeah. to fall over to win a free kick. And he's, he's brilliant at it. He's going to get a seven because, you know, I, I just felt I just felt that he was a bit too high and a bit ineffective in the early parts. And then, but then, obviously, when we become a flat back ten, he, he was chipping in with defensive work, which is always a useful thing. Right, now we go into Jacob Brown. Right, now I know you don't like Jacob Brown. You know I love um, Jacob Brown. Uh, I thought it was one of the best displays I've seen by a Stoke player when you've just got to keep going for the sake of your team I thought, I mean you could say he was relentless really with the way he was pressing charging, I mean it was a soulless task, you know, he never stopped running, he never stopped sprinting backwards I thought it was his best performance you know, in the, given the circumstances we were in, I thought it was as good as anything he'd ever done including scoring goals and I'm giving him a 9 as well. A 9? Mm-hmm. He's getting an eight from me. Um, I thought. Oh, yeah, it must have been magnificent then. He, he, he was brilliant yesterday. 
I, I can't knock him at all. He, he just never stopped all game. No, he didn't. Every time I was watching, he was running. <laughs> he must have been knackered at the end of that game. I've got yeah, the honest. Yeah, he was, but you know, he, he never ever stopped, as you said. Yeah, he, he just from minute one to the end, he was just constantly sprinting here, yeah. there, everywhere. He's got to be our fittest player, without a question. He, he just yeah, never stopped. I know there was no attacking, but to be honest, once the once Morgan got sent off, we sort of drifted back and he, and he just started defending like he was a, an oldie midfielder. Him and Baker were very similar, just running around everywhere, knocking players off and keeping it away from the goal. Eventually, of course, it ran out, but I thought it was a brilliant performance from Brown. Right, so we're going to the subs and the substitutes are, if we can get well, to... Samuel Klukas. Uh, yeah, Klukas came on for Thompson. Yeah, go on. Oh, well, I thought he did okay. I mean, I, I, it's very hard to, to come into a game at that stage and, um, and and have a big impression. But I thought he did well. I thought all the Stoke players did well yesterday. In fact, I was I came away. You know, I drove four hours there, drove four hours back. I came away feeling remarkably positive for yet another defeat. And for me, Klukas was part of that uh, reason why I was positive. But he wasn't on long enough to get an eight, so he's getting a seven. Uh, he's getting a six from me. Um, oh, I mean, I'm surprised he's getting anything. Well, that's for me, that's a good score for a substitute, <laughs> to be honest. Um, he, he worked hard. He tried to defensively thing, but I still think he was a lot at fault for the first goal. He was in front of Cali, didn't, yeah, even, didn't even jump. And for me... That's unforgivable. So he, he didn't. He doesn't bring anything to the table anymore. I'm sorry. I'm looking. Ever since he's got that famous great shirt that he asked for, you know, probably yeah. our greatest shirt number, number seven. Yeah. He asked for that, and since he's had that shirt, he's gone worse and worse and worse. And for me, I just don't really like seeing him. But if anybody still wants to watch Lucas Watch, you can still watch it on YouTube. You just have to search for it. Right, magic. Came on for Brown. Well, there's one absolute cast-iron penalty he should, should have had when his standing leg was taken away from him just after they got the second and we tried to get the equaliser. And not to just to make certain he couldn't get up, they had, they had a handful of his shirt. Um, clearly, he was not as fit as they had hoped after COVID the other night. I just thought he came around and did as he could as he could in the time that he had left, and I'm giving him a seven. Uh, another six for me. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he, he should have definitely should have had a penalty. It was a waste. Of, a terrific decision, which we'll come on to later with the obviously the ref rating, which has now become a new thing. People are even asking, is there going to be a ref rating? And they're going to have to do it every week now. Um, well, you know what mine's going to be. Uh, well, yeah, it's going to be low. Um, yeah, Maggie, I, I still don't think he's fit, and, and I'll judge him when he is. Um, at this moment in time, he was horrific against Luton which we'll cover again after. But, yeah, six for me. But we'll go now into Stephen Fletcher. Well, Stephen Fletcher didn't really have... How long did he have on the pitch? Uh, about four, 14 seconds. Yeah, well, <laughs> for me, Stephen Fletcher did what he always does. Um, he tries to get a few niggles in. His legs have gone, but he's got the experience. And um, I'm giving him a six. Uh, I'll give him a five because he was on for seconds. I, c I can't give somebody over average for, for basically just running <laughs> onto the pitch. I, I just can't do it, Ange. I can't do it. I just can't I sit there. 
and go through. Right, that's it for the substitutes. So now we go into the overall performance rating of Stoke. I'm giving Stoke, despite the fact that they lost, an overall performance rating of eight because I thought they deserved it. Uh, I'll go on with a seven. They didn't deserve to lose, in my opinion. But that last ten minutes was sloppy and, for me, both goals should have been stopped, in my opinion. Especially the first one, the, the equaliser, the Solanke one. It was There was three men in front of Cali. One of them should have got their head to that ball. They didn't. And so why was Solanke in that position in the first place on his own? Which... For me, goes yeah. for it. At the end of the day, it was a good, solid performance. They all put their soul into it, but we still lost the game. So I can't go higher than a seven on a game where we lost, to be honest. Right, but, well, fair enough. But if, if you want any stats from yesterday's match, considering we had a man sent off, they committed 16 fouls to our 11. Right? 16 to our 11, but we had the man sent off. I, I find find that really hard to take. Yeah, we had 32% possession compared to their 68. I thought we were absolutely magnificent yesterday in terms of everything that went against us. I was proud to be a Stoke fan yesterday and I still hate Bournemouth. Everybody hates Bournemouth, especially up our way. Everybody hates Bournemouth. Right, so now we go into Michael O'Neill rating. Um, I'm going to give him an 8 because I think he did as well as he could. Um, we had as many yellow cards, if you count the the red card as two yellows, then obviously we had five to their four, but they they just, I just thought Michael O'Neill did as well as he could, and people say he doesn't change the team round fast enough, I think the team was doing really, really well at the time, and I think it would have been harsh for him to take anybody off earlier than he did, so for me, his substitutions yesterday uh, were fine, so he's getting an eight. Uh, he gets a seven from me, because of course we lost the game. Uh, I couldn't really knock a lot of it. It's, it's, they're sending off killers. They've got too much quality Bournemouth have for 11 men, never mind 10. And, you know, Brooks, Cantwell, Solanke, these are players we'd, we'd die for at Stoke. Billings, who I think is a very good player as well. To be honest, they held their own the, the longest they could. And to be honest, the players that we had on the bench, let's look at it, who didn't come on. You had Sawyers, Chester, Chester and Campbell. You know, it doesn't matter what he brings on, it's not going to make a drastic difference to that game. So I can't knock him in any way. I'll give him a seven. It, it possibly would have been higher, but I can only give seven for a game we've lost. Yeah. It's as simple as that, really. I know there's a lot of rules on this podcast, but without rules, we'd be in anarchy. Simple as that. <laughs> yes. Right. I'm just saying yes. Right. So now the probably the part everybody's looking forward to the most. Your opinion and rating of the referee. Right, well, he turned up, he had the right kit on, and he walked off at the end of the match. So, he's getting a one from me. Uh, I'm going to go with a minus one for this. <laughs> um, and before everyone goes about the rules, you can do minus as long as it's a number. You just can't go zero. Um, I thought... I thought he's probably one of the... That's probably, apart from Watford Gate, as we call it now, yeah. I'll probably say that's the worst referee I've seen in a long time. It was clueless. It was absolutely clueless. And it was so biased. It was literally 80-20. It was frightening yeah. how poor he was. You know, the manager was the worst tackle of the game and didn't even get a foul. Correct. Which, which is shocking. Morgan Fox never should have got a red. Yeah, he should have got a yally. 
but he never should have got a red card for that decision. But all the way through the game, we were being fouled and and, and, and nothing was being given up. But every time someone bumped into a Bournemouth player, he was like, ah, foul, foul. I didn't even touch him, ref. It, it, just sickening, sickening. And it just makes me feel that if the referee's got something against Stoke... Well, I think a lot of us think that. Uh, maybe other people think that too. But for me, uh, the referee yesterday was an absolute disgrace. Um, and how often do we have to keep saying referees are an absolute disgrace? Because they are. Yeah, I they mean, are. Inconsistencies. If you'd have sent Fox off and then sent off Zamora and the other guy, I can't remember who it was, fine. If you'd have given the penalty, then fine then you accept that, you know, well, that was a bit harsh, that red card, but they gave the red card for them too. But it's it's dreadful against us, and, and there's almost this unwritten rule when we play people from down south, sometimes from up north, uh, they're going to be hard on Stoke. And yeah. I just, honestly, I, I, I can't believe, I mean, it was laughable. The look, the whole of the stadium, right, was shocked when he gave that red card. The whole of the stadium. Morgan Fox's face. You can tell from a player when they think, my God, I'm, I'm going to be lucky to stay on here. His face was just a picture. Nobody, nobody could believe it. No, I think even the Bournemouth player himself, when he got up for oh, I didn't expect the red. It, it, it's just poor. Just simply poor, which is why I get to minus one, because, I, you know, for me, he should be dropped down to Vale's level for officiating yeah, like that. It, you can't say without you know that player going off change the game it probably did but you'll always get people who say well you can't say that well I can Stoke were way the best team at that point point in the match and I think Stoke would have got at least a draw out of that game with 11 men yeah it could have even won it it looked like a game we were going to win to be yeah. honest because we, we seem really up for it which is another thing we're going to discuss later with Michael O'Neill but before we go any further, we're going to have to talk about Wednesday night under the lights at the Bet365 with probably one of the worst performances in most boring games I've been to, which was the return of Super Nathan Jones and a loss at, to Luton. Right, well, I'll just give you a few stats because they're far more interesting reading than the match. Right? They had one, two, three, four, five, six players booked. Six players boots, and I have never, I, I have a go at Bournemouth, never seen a more time-wasting team than Luton in my life. Nick Powell got booked for us. I have to say that I thought it was the worst match I've seen for many years at Stoke. I thought we were bad in the first half. Second half, I couldn't believe how bad we were. And if you're playing at home against Luton Town and you only have two shots, of which one is on target, which is the goal, then you're not going to win. You know, they had, Luton had seven shots, four were on target. I mean, the first goal was just, as soon as they scored, you knew you were going to lose. However, I will say that um, you can't buy class, and I'll leave the, that comment as it is. You cannot buy class, and I'm glad our manager's got class. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, that was a good summing up. I mean, the, the, the game was absolutely horrific I mean to be honest there was a bit of a plus point for me personally because where I was standing my mate didn't turn up so I had to go on my own and uh, I found a steward a lovely bloke from Bolton 
we had a great conversation about a cross-dressing policewoman that was in the crowd against Birmingham. And I thought, you know, the game, the game, I needed, I needed that really, because otherwise I would have been bored to the end of my tears. Because, Are you being serious? Yes, I've been very serious, yes. He was a lovely fella. He, he, he yeah. said... And... Are we taking this any further? I mean, is there a plan to meet the cross-dresser or...? Uh, no, 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 definitely no. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just it was just a very interesting night because he was a lovely bloke and he had finding out he had two broken ribs but did it because he needed the money. It was a, it was a lovely bloke. I wish I'd got his name because I would have put him on the podcast. But, yeah, the game, going back to the game now, <laughs> the game was absolutely shocking because we, we could have lost that 5-1 easily. Because we, we let them slip through, we kept pressing too high, the balls were flying over the top, that added, added Jayu, is it? It was breaking through for nothing. Yeah. He was playing non-league, I think, a season ago, two seasons yeah. ago. And he, he made a show of us at times. And I you, agree. You look at this Luton side that's been built out of team, you know non-league players and League 2 players, and you look at ours that's come from, you know, with the French League in and Premier League and all this kind of stuff. And are we getting it drastically wrong when it comes down to signing players? Cause right. Well, one thing I'll say is, um, another thing I'll say really is that um, I've been talking to people this morning who think O'Neill's time is up. Um, I remember when I felt Mark Hughes' time was up and I thought we took long to get too long to get rid of him. I remember never really taking to Gary Rowett and thinking he was the wrong manager. Nathan Jones stayed far too long. Um, if you'd have told me that Nathan Jones would then, two seasons down the road, uh, have his team sitting in sixth place on 54 points, 10 points ahead of us, um, having played the same number of games, I would have laughed. But that's the nature of football. And... Do I think that Nathan Jones' team will go up? No, I think we'll play them next season. It's the first time they've beaten us. Do I think that Michael O'Neill's time has come at Stoke? No, I don't. And it's all very well saying, well, why? Well, I think we've had some atrocious injuries. Lots of clubs have those. But I can't believe, and I've tried to look back through the records, I have not seen as many diabolical decisions go against clubs at crucial times as they have against Stoke. So for that reason, I would say that I would give Michael O'Neill at least another 12 months because I do think that some of the transfers he's brought in... I mean, we mentioned Jordan Thompson. I think he, he's proving to be a, a really good player for the money they uh, got him for. Jacob Brown, I think he's been a, a really good player for the money they've got him for. The downside is, when you look at players that we're using like... Um, Jaden Philogene Bidace, he won't be back next season. Taylor Harwood Bellis might be. Uh, Lewis Baker's a good signing. So I think there's been signed in the last transfer window that, um, that he's getting it right. I honestly do believe that there's a little bit of a way to go, but I think if we had the rub of the green, um, and the season's not over yet, I don't think there's a cat and else chance of us getting in the playoffs now. So for me, that is failure. But... Sometimes you have to look a little bit further than the manager. I mean, when Stoke were playing West Brom off the pitch at home, when Stoke played Swansea away off the pitch, none of the fans were saying that Michael O'Neill wasn't a good manager or wasn't the man to keep. Everybody thought the January transfer window was really good for Stoke. 
and then all of a sudden you have a couple of defeats and it's all the manager out. You've got to keep your nerve that we've had too much instability at this football club in the last couple of years and I would give him 12 more months and see where we are after that. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm starting to lose a bit of patience with Michael O'Neill and, and I think I'm not one to get rid I'm, I've never. I'm. I've always quite cautious to fire. I always have been, except Mark Hughes. I, I, I was screaming for that for about sixteen months on your written figure show. Were you screaming well. for Nathan Jones to go? No, I wasn't. No. Oh um, my god. The, the the thing is with with it that for me, when it comes down to managers, you've got to give them the time. But Michael O'Neill has had more time than both of Gary Rowett and. Uh, Nathan Jones and we don't seem really to be going anywhere like I do I, do, I, I really admire what he's doing with the youngsters and I like what at times when I just like how he is as a, as a bloke and how he talks and, and how he expresses himself but there's a lot of poor signings in the ones that you've said there you know like Sam Surridge and, and well there's more I just can't think of them off the top of my head but for me, we seem to, we aren't going anywhere from what I'm seeing under Michael O'Neill. There doesn't seem to be true progression. I understand that he's done well to to stabilise, which he has done from obviously what was happening under Nathan Jones because we were going nowhere under him. But we need to see something in a two-year period. And, and last season is an exact carbon cutout of this season. We started okay, then we had a good bit of a run. And then it fell off a cliff after after Christmas, and it, it's happened again. And you know the points don't lie, and you can under, you, you've got to understand why the Stoke fans are, are upset because they've gone through. Let's be honest, as a fan base, we've gone through a really big U-turn where we went from being ninth in the Premier League to being, you know, a bottom half Championship club in the space of five years. And the we we are we are quick now to judge when a manager isn't improving things. But you've got to be honest, there hasn't been a giant improvement, has there, from this season from last? Well, I don't I don't think you can... Um, on, the, on the surface of, of what we're looking at now and what you're saying, no, but the season isn't over yet. And I'll still go back to March, and I think after March, everybody will be looking at the table, <coughs> excuse me, and ruin the silly mistakes we've made to... To lose the points. I, I certainly will not be happy if Stoke finished the season uh, in 15th position, right? I, I think that that is bad. Um, I, I don't want us to be treading water, but I do think, as I've said, you've got to give him some more time. Um, I think the last window was the best window we had, um, but at the moment we may be taking one step forward and three back. But I'm waiting till the end of the season before I judge it. Certainly, though, um, every time that um, I've thought, well, this is this is now the real real thing that we've got to think about, because against Luton, we were dreadful, right? Yesterday, it was a completely different team. Completely different team. The attitude was great. They worked their heart out. And... You, if you're not behind the manager, you don't do that. We've seen teams down tools at Stoke. They clearly still believe in what he's doing, in my opinion. And the other thing that surprised me yesterday, that there were over 1,100 Stoke fans there and they were singing for Michael O'Neill for most of the game. 
So, yes, there will be people wanting him out. There will be people that never wanted to come. That's the nature of being a fan. Um, what, I, what I always find difficult is that, you know, everybody says the window with January was great, and then you end up saying, oh, he's got to go now. And I know you haven't said that, but some people are. You know, some people say it's a waste of time, it, it, it's just average, we're trading water, la di da di da I think you've got to be... Um, you remember when... Um, when my, I think it was Tony Pulis left, people were saying, be careful what you wish for. That 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 mentality of uh, be careful what... I don't want us to, to live on being just happy where we are. I, I've never lived my personal life like that. I never lived my professional sports life like that. I wanted to be as good as I could be. Some of those players he's got now, he will know already whether he thinks they're good enough for next season. And the one thing I, I believe in Michael O'Neill is that he doesn't suffer fools gladly. We saw that with Surridge. He realised Surridge wasn't right for this club and Surridge went. And I think that he'll continue to do that. People think he's soft because he's, he's quietly spoken. You do not get to be managing an international team and you do not get to be the manager of any football club if you are soft. And I think he'll, I think he'll do it. I'm gutted we're not going to do it this season. And if we're in the same situation after December of next season, then I think he should go. Well, look, this, this—that's the thing that people are talking about. Is it another case of Mark Hughes, where it is a manager staying on too long when it comes through? Because let's be honest, he hasn't had a lot of money spent, which will always back him with. Which is another thing why I tend to want him stay for one more year. I know it's happened again, but the, the thing that's got to stop next season, without a question of a doubt, which has been happening over the last two seasons, and I don't think it's ever been as bad as this under any other manager, is losing games from winning positions. Under Michael O'Neill, last season and this season, it's got to be about 30 games coming on 40. Well, to around that mark, 20-odd to 30 matches, where we've lost the game from winning positions. Yeah. It's got to stop. And it, yeah. it's like I was I was listening to somebody on Praise and Grumble, and let's be honest, I am quite famous for that, obviously, years ago. But the truth is that there's a lot of fans on there that don't know what they're talking about, I'll be brutally honest, but there's a couple that did. And there was one that was talking about... Um, everyone says that he, he has had good winners, because everybody in summer said what a great winner it was. But yeah. then these players start not showing what they're about. And it's like... Surridge did well when he first came in, then completely faded off the planet. But well, after... he didn't do well, did he? He had a couple of good games. Yeah, but he was scoring, which is unusual yeah, yeah. for our strikers. Um, but then we we'll look at this January window, we we'll look at the players that are there, but we lose. We're not winning. So has it been a good window? Let's be honest, I still believe letting Tom Ince go was a bad decision because at the end of the day, we could have used him yesterday off the bench. I think he was always a good weapon to have on the bench because when I look at the bench now, I'm looking, who can we bring on that might be able to just turn it a bit? There's no one. Whereas okay. before we had Tom Ince that could come in and, and yeah, fair enough, he's, he's very hit and miss as we all know, but he has got that where he can turn a game. He's proved it a lot of times. And... The thing is with Michael O'Neill, a lot of people have, have moaned, which is what I was going to talk to after Luton, but we obviously cut Luton short, rightfully so, obviously. But there's a lot of people after his head now, Michael O'Neill. I put a, a, a question up the other day, and to be honest, more wanted rid than kept. Is it turning now? I 
you'll always have fans that are fickle. You, football's tribal. You'll always have fans that don't want him, didn't want him at the start, don't think he's good enough. But that that's the same with every manager. The only people, Ian, I mean, we're chatting and we love doing this. Uh, people hopefully, uh, when they, they're struggling to sleep, listen to us. But the only thing that really matters is if the owners think he's doing a good job. Um, and I don't subscribe to the theory of the owners uh, will t- throw him out because they don't like um, conflict with the supporters. I think they're really happy with him as a manager. Uh, he has, I think, the backing of the board. And I'll say it again, Stoke do not need another manager in the next 12 months because what will happen? We know what will happen. They'll have to pay off the staff. That's OK for us saying that they're multimillionaires. Right? They, they may well be, but how long do you keep throwing your money down the toilet? And secondly, the next person that comes in, you don't fancy three parts of the players we've got, you start all over again. And at some point, you've got to hold your nerve and keep going. Manchester United are the greatest example of somebody that did not pull the trigger when Alec Ferguson was close to losing his job. And they didn't pull the trigger, and he had a bit of luck. They turned the corner... He stayed on, and the rest is history. We just need to keep our nerve at the moment because I think Michael O'Neill can do it. It's not a given right for any football club to get in the Premier League. It won't be Stoke's given right. In many ways, I think that Stoke missed the boat when they were in the Premier League to, to push on. But that's history now. You can't rewrite history. I hope that they've learned from it. And I do actually think that at this moment in time, everybody's, however disappointed we are, and there's nobody more disappointed than me, that I see signs, even yesterday, where that group of players can achieve something. And so I'm saying, hold your nerve. Well, I agree. I think, given till I think I want an improvement till, from now to the end of the season. I want to run. That, yeah, that's the thing. We because we've, under Michael O'Neill, I, I can't remember a run. Where we've won three, four, five games in a row. Now, a lot of people, and I'm one of them who goes with it. Now, if you remember the season before we got promoted, and I know it's a long time back, the yeah. reason why we stuck with Pulis is he always, now and again, just had a run, but just didn't have quite the players to keep it going. Yeah. So I always yeah. stuck behind him for that. And then, of course, the season before we got promoted, we had what was it? Probably one of his best runs in the championship. What was it? That six, seven games straight wins, and we just yeah. missed out on the playoffs. Now, if my yeah. colonial had that, I'd be hundred percent behind him. I'd go no because he's 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 not not quite there. But for me, it isn't there. And I'm not saying let's get get him sacked, but I want to see a run because yeah, at the end, if we, if we don't have a run from now to the end of the season, I would be tempted to change the manager. Now, I'm not going to say that I want that now because I, I don't no. want that now. But for me, if he doesn't have a run, because he's never has, I think the most he's won is two games in a row, yeah. which is pretty poor. But for me, if he has a run, even if it's four, three, four games, I'll go, right, there's something there then. Because I know what you keep saying about swapping and changing players and this, that and the other. But he's done that three times now. You've got to remember there was about seven players who left in the summit. I think four or five players left this January. It could have been a few more if he could have got rid of Oakley Booth. And Chester needs to go, obviously. <laughs> but it's going to happen again this summer. So for me, that seems to be a problem. And Because you've got to remember, Michael O'Neill is a very unexperienced league manager when you compare him to other people. 
But for me, he hasn't done good enough for me. I will, he is on a minus for me. I like what he's done with the kids and I like how he's brought a bit of stability and, and he's a likeable bloke, which is what's kept him in charge now, to be honest. Because I think if he was like Nathan Jones or like Rowett, I don't think he'd be here anymore. I think the fans would have turned on him a hell of a lot sooner. But because he's such a likeable bat guy, I think it's kept him instead. But, but for me, and the question's been put, so I'll put it out there. Who would you like as your manager if if he did go at the end of the season? Who, who, just just give two examples of who you think you would like. Not obviously going to Mourinho and all them kind of people. Realistic people. Who would you well, go? That, that's the thing. That, that's the thing. That's what people talk about. People go for unrealistic people. I mean, you you look now at, at, at somewhere like Middlesbrough. You look at Chris Wilder. You've seen he's done it before. He would have at one point before Michael O'Neill came and probably still while Michael O'Neill's here. He would have liked to have been a manager at Stoke City. Why? Because of the board, because of the, the, the stability that has been at the club and because of the great fan base. So I, I would I would pick Chris Wilder. I would not pick a foreign manager, um, partly because I don't know enough of them before they come here. And the ones that I do know... Um, you know the Mourinho's who, who I think are busted flush now anyway, um, and and the likes of Klopp etc. Um, I wouldn't have people are talking about Daniel Farker coming to Stoke. I, I think that, that you get to a certain stage where uh, managers just don't want to go down that route of coming to uh, to a place like Stoke, and that then that takes you on to why not? Well. Most foreign managers want to be uh, near London or, or a big city where the rest of their family can have nice times. And we haven't got that here. I mean, how, how many of our team live locally? How no. many of our players live in Stoke? None of them. You, you, you've, got, you've got to look at the practicalities of the world. To a lot of people, Stoke, their, their, their thoughts about Stoke-on-Trent are... It's a dump, and they don't want to live in, in a dump. And when you look at some parts of Stoke, it is a dump. Yeah, it is a dump. But none, <laughs> none of those players, well, the vast majority of our players, do not live around here. So, you know, there's the captain, I think, lives just south of Birmingham now. You, you look at a lot of the players at the old edge end of, this, of, of Stoke-on-Trent. You know, I remember when I, I spoke to Mark Muniesa when he first came. Yeah, he was Spanish and he didn't know. I said, do you live locally? He said, yeah, I live in Audley Edge, which <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, you've, you've, there's far more about a manager coming to a football club. Yeah, it's about money to a certain extent. It's about ambition for the club. Well, you, our owners will throw money at this football club. No doubt about that. When they can, they'll throw money at it again. But we've seen that money doesn't fix things. Gary Rowett, nearly £60 million in one transfer window. Unheard of. And look where it got us. We're still reaping the rewards of Gary Rowett. So much did he want Benicophobia over Dwight Gale. He's now got Benicophobia on loan. Hardly plays him. Yeah. I mean, you, you you can have all the money in the world as a as a, a as a family, but if you pick the wrong person or it doesn't work, you're in this cycle like we're in now. And I think we're about on the cusp of coming out of it. Or you end up being a Sunderland. And I don't ever want us to go the route that Sunderland have gone. 
No, nobody wants to go down the route to Sunderland, even though they are recovering now since the new owners have come in. And, you know, but they've been in that division way too long, as we know. But, yeah, for me, my choice is for the manager. If This is all, obviously, Ironside. It's just what I would pick. To be honest, I'd, st- I'd steal, for me, manager of the season, who's, who's going to be. I'd steal Wayne Rooney from Derby, if we could. Um, right, well, let's just, just look at that then. <clears throat> <clears throat> Wayne Rooney from Derby done a fantastic job done a job that I never thought he could do do you really think Wayne Rooney would come to Stoke City I think do you would. not think that there would be other clubs that are higher up the pecking order than us at the moment and even if we were in the Premier League do you think he'd come to us he would firstly look at Everton he would secondly look at Man U he's probably never going to get to Man United but there'd be a chance of him going back to Everton See, I, don't I, think, I just, not, I just not think you've got to be more no. realistic. As much as we love our football club, other people don't see it in the same light that we do. They just never will. Stoke City. I mean, a lot of people don't even know where Stoke is. Secondly, a lot of people still tag us when they just, oh, they just threw the ball a long way and kicked people up in the air. People have a different perception of our football club than us. It's only when they come here they don't want to leave. Yeah, but I, I agree with you, but I think Rooney, Everton, I, d- I don't think are going to just sack Lampard at the end of the season. Unless they do go down, obviously, then it, then it's a different, which they've got a great chance of, to be honest. But for me, it, it, I'm just saying there is there would be a chance of him, especially if Derby do slip down and, and he'll, he'll go then. Um, I, I thought there would be an opportunity for him to come into Stoke and, and after what he's done at Derby for me it, I'd, I'd be behind 150% I've got to be honest he's got half a squad and, and to be honest if it wasn't wasn't for the point deduction they'd be fourth wouldn't they it's incredible what he's done at Derby yeah. um, and do you think he would do that next year at Stoke well you never so know you're do you you're putting all your eggs in um how dare I say it, in a one-season one, a one season basket? Well, it, it's not just that, because for, for, my second choice would be someone like a John Terry. For me, I, I want an ex, I want an ex-player, like, because it's it worked so many times nowadays. I, I, you know, Lampard when he went Derby, and Gerard when he went Rangers. It seems to be happening, and John Terry, for me, has got more experience than a lot of them, plus he's a natural leader. You know, look what Brian Robson did when he first went in at Middlesbrough. I'd rather give that kind of person a go rather than... Because what Stoke have always done, in my opinion, is always either tried and tested or tired and tested. It's never a new yeah. guy. It's never a person who's new to you. Because they're, for me, they're hang more... Hang on, if, hang on a minute. Ew. Nathan Jones was supposed to be the most up-and-coming... It was supposed to be a breath of fresh air. Stoke went and got a bloke who'd done so well and was so good. And listen, he's doing great at Luton again now. But it didn't work at Stoke. It didn't work at Stoke for reasons he said, because he was still having to deal with the the problems of the big-time Charlie mentalities from a previous manager, right? Gary Rowett was supposed to be one of the best managers in the country, right? Really, really great find. All he did was was spent money, and we're still living on that. There's a certain element of luck with managers. Yeah. A certain element. Chris Wilder was great. Why did they sack him at Sheffield United? Well, because he went twenty odd games, a lot of losing streak, didn't he? So every single manager, it, he, he had a brilliant season the season before. Every single manager 
has a has a time when things don't go well for them, right? Do you think Sheffield United would wish they had kept Chris Wilder? Now he's doing so well. Do what? you really think they would? Eckingbottom that was got is now doing well at Sheffield United. Nobody, anybody thought it was a laughing stock last season. You've got to keep your nerve, and then at some point the owners will think, right, he's reached his sell-by date. It's not happening. He's gone. But I'll tell you now, Ian, that when Michael O'Neill leaves this football club, they will not be in debt. They will not have a load of big-time Charlies, right? He's done a... Th- Whether we go up, which we're not, or not, he has worked miracles with the football squad, yet people want him out because people have very short memories as football fans. And I'm not his biggest fan. And I do think he's got faults, but I think we could be in a much worse place without him. Yeah, I do. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sitting here going around it. And, and that point that you said there about Nathan Jones and Gary Rowett, I agree with you. But they both managed other clubs before they come in. What I meant is, we've never really given a man, from what I remember, especially in my lifetime. But there is one person from what I remember from the past who did come in as a, a novice manager, and he's, he's probably the best in his history, which is Tony Warrington. I don't think he's yeah. managed a club before he even come into Stoke. And look at the success he had. Well, listen, I, I'm just old enough, right? You may think I'm older. I'm just old enough to remember Tony Waddington as a manager at Stoke. And I had the, the good fortune to meet Tony Waddington a few times. And he got the best out of older players that everybody thought was past their sell-by date because he didn't have the money, right? That's what he did. And he got a unity. He built the football team on a really sound defence. And he, he, he got the most out of people, right? And there's a lot of similarities with Michael O'Neill and Tony Waddington because Michael O'Neill's not had a load of money to spend. To, me, to, to a large extent, I think Michael O'Neill's better for not having a load of money to spend. I think if you have, uh, it concentrates the mind. And I wouldn't be chucking money at, uh, at a new manager that came in, even if you could, with, um, with the Coates family. I think they should be a little bit more careful with how much money they give away because we want players who are hungry and, and hard-working like your Jacob Browns right we haven't got a huge amount of, of really hard-working people at Stoke that, that are big-time Charlies how many big-time Charlies have we got at Stoke people will turn around and say Joe Allen I don't think Joe Allen's ever said a bad word about this football club. I, I don't think he's a big-time Charlie. He might be on a big-time Charlie's wage, which is a completely different thing. But I think we've now got a squad that is really together. And um, I know we've got to talk about Tuesday now. Uh, and, and I know we've waxed lyrical. But I, I, if the lads can front up like they did yesterday, whatever team he picks... I think, however badly we've done at Crystal Palace in the past, I think we could spring a tiny surprise. Well, it's it's a big game, isn't it, this? Because I think this is... Massive! Because now now we know we're not going to reach the playoffs. The season's going to, well, hopefully not pitter out, but we never know. This is a big game for me because if he can get something down there against Patrick Vieira's team... It, it, it's a big boost for the area, isn't it? It's a big boost. Hopefully yeah. then we can get United. Oh, oops, sorry. Yeah, somebody like Liverpool or something in the cup at home. It'd be, you know, 
because the, 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 of what's gone on in, in over the last couple of games where we've literally fell off a cliff, this is big now, isn't it? This, this is the season, isn't it? This is the season now. In yeah. one in one big sentence, isn't it? Without this game now, if we if, if we go down there and get battered, yeah, let's be honest, the knives are going to be out, aren't they? Yeah. So. I think we're going to get battered. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Thank you for that. Well, uh, I'm so glad. Uh, you know, we, we're nearing the end of the podcast, I know, but we're. it's so good that you've started in this positive manner and you've ended in a positive manner. I mean, what can one say? Well, that's that's what ooh, one say. Oh, very, very Cheshire. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to go, well, we're going to lose 2-0, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a hard fought... 2-0. I'm hoping I'm wrong because at the moment I'm doing well with my predictions because obviously I predicted Bournemouth 2-1 so 2-0 Ian. Had to get that in. Okay. Um, well you had to get that in didn't you? I mean you keep saying you're 2-0 up in predictions but you've got every other one of the season wrong so I would suggest you're not. Well you've got every single one wrong so <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just pointing that obvious <laughs> statement out. Well you've gone what have you gone? 2-0? I've gone 2-0 Palace. What's the, le- what's the least welcoming thing Stoke would want out of this match apart from getting beaten? It's a one nil win. No, it's a draw. <laughs> because you don't you want to, I mean we're playing like every day, aren't we now? I think Stoke will make a draw and it will be a replay. I'll take that. I'll take that because yeah, I know you will. I know you will. I'll, I'll, you're a fan. I'll take it, but the, the problem is our history at Crystal Palace is Terrible. absolutely horrific. We've and only we won there once. There. Absolutely awful. And we nearly always have a player that gets injured there, but you watch, we'll make a draw. Well, I like the positivity. I mean, I, I've I've been down there twice, and I, I hate going there. I don't yeah, like the, the ground. They shouldn't be in the Premier League for a kickoff. They're, they're a nothing football club, in my opinion. They didn't exist till nineteen ninety two when they got promoted. I, I don't understand how they are to be as a football club. I don't like them. I don't like the area. I hate going there, but I, I still I've still been there twice, mainly just just to see what it was about. I didn't like what it was about, and we never get anything there. Ne- I will never forgive them for sending us down. No, and it's it's not just that though. It's it, it, we've won there once in his history. Yeah, once. well, it's, we're due for another win, and there is a secret card that we could be playing. What's this? Jack Butland. Oh yeah, now that is a weapon in our favour. You know, it, you just know he's going to have a worldie, don't you? Probably, yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest, he's going to go, chocolate wrists, I'll show you my chocolate wrist. Yeah, and only ever saved one penalty, none for us. But there you go, there you go. Jack Butland saved 17 penalties against Stoke, <laughs> a world record. <laughs> yeah, well, if it's 17 penalties, the other goal, <laughs> Bottom saving 16 of them. <laughs> Do you think Bottom will play? Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, I think Bottom's going to play that I one. I think Bottom will play too. I think Bottom will be in between the stakes, which really makes me nervous. But yeah. Palace would be the same with Butland in goal because we know how yeah. absolute downhill he's gone. That's assuming he plays. Yeah. If I if I was the manager, he wouldn't be playing against us. No. I think emotionally, hopefully, he'd be a wreck. I don't actually, but you know, I'm just hoping that he gets so he'd be he'd forget that he was playing against us. And as has been his wont in a few matches, he chucked one in the net for us. 
Oh, he did, he did that anyway. <laughs> he meant it or not. And I don't think he'd give her monkeys. <laughs> oh, you just know, don't you? You just know he's going to have a blinder. Yeah, he probably will. Because to be honest, he is a good goalkeeper. He's just fallen away a bit, anti. And I think he was so desperate to move when we got relegated that it just didn't happen for him. And, he, 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 no. and I'll never forgive him for that horrific performance against Leeds on the opening day. I don't think no, I've ever didn't. been more disappointed as a Stoke fan no. than that game. No, and there's another thing you could mention. Everybody was, 12 months ago, who was the best manager since Sliced Bread? Um, One of them, Bielsa. Oh, Bielsa. Well, he's out buying some Sliced Bread today, isn't he? Yeah, well, would, would you take him at Stoke? Oh, just please. <laughs> we could see it in twos and threes now. We know what could see in twelves and thirteens. <laughs> That's Mark Hughes' times again. Yeah, yeah. Right, so I you... suppose we ought to talk about the ladies now, haven't we? Well, we've got a game on Saturday, haven't we? Oh, yeah, we have. Yes, Blackpool. Blackpool, there we go. Blackpool, the cup game. There you go. We've got Blackpool in the league and it's the home tie. Yeah, but it's the, it's the celebration of the 50-odd years, of the 50 years winning of the League Cup. Oh, what a day. They're what all a day. coming on the pitch before. So what is the club actually left. doing about the 50th anniversary? Because I doubt there's going to be another one. Well, there won't be another 50th, but... Um, they, there won't be another one. I know what you're saying. There won't be because sadly time goes on. So there's a dinner on Thursday night, um, and then there's a civic reception for the players on Friday, which is really nice because they won't, as you say, get a get together. And then on Saturday they're all going on the pitch before the match. Um, and I just think it's. I, I was, you know, I was a teenager at that game, and I remember thinking, well, we'll be here every year. We'll be here every year now because we had such a good team in the early 70s. And I never, if somebody had said to me, well, that'll be the only major trophy, because it was a major trophy in those days. Yeah, it was the FA Cup, the League Cup were big trophies. And I, if you'd have told me we'd have, that would have been it apart from two water glasses, an Anglo Italian, and a milk cup uh, trophy, that, that I would have laughed at you. But it is that, it's the fact of the matter is that that team are the only one that's really won a, a top class trophy. And. Um, it's sad that they, because of age, some of them are gone, some of them are not well. And I, I just hope that, you know, of all teams to be playing against, Blackpool, I hope we turn it on and score lots of goals. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing, Ange, before you jump on, because you made it sound, sound like how sorry you are for you'd seen one. I'll never see any. <laughs> 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 I'll, never see, I'll never see him lift a major trophy full stop. <laughs> so I never thought of, you know, Ian, that's the third bit of positivity you've given to me today. I, you're on a hat trick. Uh, there you go, I'm not going to see any, any trophy lifted. I don't part. agree. I don't agree. Listen, we could win the cup this year. Ange, come on now. What have you, what's in that tea? What's in that tea? Come on. you got Liverpool and City. I'd, I'd, oh, no, a City out. No, I think City is still in. City still in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care because I'm only looking one match at a time. Oh yeah, that, that's 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 why you keep calling me deluded and I'm the sensible one. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, listen seriously, do you not think we've got a chance? What of winning the cup? No, of winning on Tuesday. Uh, no. I'm really disappointed in you, Ian. I, 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 I just don't. Why I, you didn't call yourself a fan? We, 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 I'll be honest. At the moment, we're garbage. I'm not. I'm, I, we, we played well yesterday, but <laughs> so we're not garbage. Well, we're not. You know what I mean. We're not garbage, but we 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 just, we just have these mad moments where we can't defend and we can't get yes. things working. Yes. 
And that's the thing that it's really frustrating me because if there was a run, if there was a really good run where we won five, six games, I'd have confidence, but we can't string three wins together. Well, well, get your head around this then. Peterborough, right, are playing Manchester City at home in the Cup. If Peterborough beat Manchester City, I want to get them in the next round. Middlesbrough are playing Tottenham and your mate Luton are playing Chelsea. So there's plenty of good teams that we can go up against. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. But it's, you, you know, I want to go as far as possible. I'd love a semi-final so we can go Wembley again. I want to see I want Wembley to, again. I want to win. Uh, well, of course I want to was win the cup. Of course I do. Because at the end of the day, that would make me happy as a fan. I can remember when I was 12 years old, my dad sat me down and said, what would you be happy with as if you were a Stoke fan? I said, my only dream, and it was so close, was seeing Stoke win an FA Cup. That's my yeah. only dream. That's the, yeah. that's, that's the one I want. Cameron Pe- Jones missing that chance. Yeah, yeah. Do, stop it, stop it. I nearly got a fart after that game. But you look at the cup, right? You've got Norwich is still in it. Uh, Luton is still in it. We're still in it. Borough is still in it. And Peterborough is still in it. So if we do get through, because you've now decided we are getting through, and one of those teams get through, I'd like them in the next round. But that's a little bit away off. I'm still thinking we get a draw. Well, well, that's your prediction for that. I've got a two 0 defeat. You've got a nil nil draw. Let's hope you can pick up your first. Right prediction of the season, and I'm well yeah. away at the moment, 2-0. All right, well, come on then, Blackpool match. Give me the prediction. Blackpool will be a 1-0 defeat, Blackburn 1-0. Blackpool, Blackpool sorry. Blackpool, not Blackburn. Blackpool, 1-0. To them? Yeah. You're deluded, man. <laughs> Completely deluded. 3-1 Stoke. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I think we'll win that. I do, I do think oh, we'll win. Oh, God, now. I wish you hadn't said that. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to hear yours first so I could jump in with mine. Yeah, yeah, you can um, copy me again. I, I think it'll be a 2 1 win this time. Right, good. I, th- I think it'll be a 2 1 win. Will you be going this one? Of course, I'll be going. You know, we play in red and white shirts. Yes, don't, don't start yeah. winding me up. I always go, you know, okay. like, I was stuck there on my own on, on Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, to be honest, when I was there Wednesday night, I, thought, I, I can remember sitting there talking to that lovely man from Bolts and thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Would this have been better just being stuck at home watching this, to be honest? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but I love it. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I wasn't a Stoke fan and I wouldn't go I wouldn't be going and had a season ticket since I was what, seven. I mean I was in the Victoria ground when I first started going. Yeah. I mean I've yeah. had a season ticket at Stoke since since the opening day of the Britannia, to be honest. So yeah. that that I'm needs a, that needs I'm to be on the plaque. So I was five at the at the the old Victoria ground and ever since. Were they playing football back then? Was was football on back then? No, it was just pretending my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, when you look at how much money you've spent over the years. Yeah, it is frightening and I haven't seen a single trophy left apart from the, well, to be honest, what my first game was, your two glass trophy. Yeah, yeah, my dad took me. I don't know how. I I, I was only two. I think oh, two right. or three. I, I was I was tiny. I, I can't remember, obviously, but I did go, and then I went the other. That's brilliant. Day. So you've been a little bit of an omen for us ever since you started going. Yeah, first game we won. That's what I mean. Brilliant. The, brilliant. the, the legend Mark Steen scored a belter. But anyway, well, I'll tell you something there, which um, my late dad I've never forgiven. The first game I ever went to was because they couldn't get a babysitter, and they took me to the Vale, and I never forgave him. I mean, I, I think it was nine months old at the time. But I never forgave him. If we had an argument, I'd say, and you made me go to the veil and I ate you. And he just used to laugh. <laughs> well, 
on your pretty why you're getting predictions wrong all the time because you're trying to prove you're not a Vale fan we win every yeah. week I mean seriously I mean I, I think I was damaged as a child because <laughs> to be honest if we went off your, if the actual games went off your predictions we'd be top of the league with every single point <laughs> absolutely absolutely and you know the only the only season that I was more positive was the season we got relegated in Marquis we are going to go down no chance we'd go down even to the last match yeah I know I remember I still thought I remember. we'd come through and I can remember saying we're going down, and you're going, no, no, we'll we'll win, and then that was it. We went down, but anyway, yeah, yeah, the digress yeah. is completely away. Well. Nobody likes a no, you know. No, exactly, which is why no one likes me. Um, but right, so now we're going to the ladies. How did they get on this week? Right. Well, are you ready for the good news? Yes. Right. Well, there isn't any. Um, the ladies played at Huddersfield, and they lost two-one, and the reserves result hasn't come through. So I might be doing them a disservice, but um, I think they probably lost us. There's no result. <laughs> no, and you, and you say I'm negative. No, whoa, 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 whoa. The results just flashed through from the reserves. Are Press you ready? Ready. Right? They've lost 3-1. Oh, great, brilliant. We, we didn't even need to build that up. We should have just said it. <laughs> so, so really, it's been one awful week being a Stoke fan, let's be honest. Um, yeah. And that's going to be it, Hans, because I, I can't go anymore because I'm now depressed. I'm not going to see a trophy lift. I'm now depressed. We're going to we're going to lose to Palace on my prediction, and I've I've just given up. What, what, right. Well, I'm going to ask you to do one last prediction. Right. The league, whatever it's called these days, the Carabao drink yourself silly on a my juice cup is um, just kicked off. Chelsea against Liverpool. Which team are you picking? Uh, Chelsea. Right, well, I love Liverpool. Because I can't stand Liverpool, so it's got to be Chelsea. Well, it's one of those matches that I'd prefer it not to end, but uh, I'm going for Liverpool. So there you go. My prediction will come through. Liverpool on penalties. Why do you always go with penalties? It's always penalties. It's good fun when you're not in it. <laughs> it's <laughs> in when you're in it. It's terrifying. It's horrible. Come on, then. What's your score? 1-0 uh, Chelsea. Right, okay. You're very boring, man. It's because I'm so negative what's been going on down Stoke, that's why. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It's 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 hard watch. Yes, okay. Right, so that's... You have a good, good week. Don't bother thinking of me driving to Crystal Palace, getting home at two in the morning, having driven all the way to Bournemouth and all the way back, eight hours driving oh, in a dear. day. Don't worry about me, and you just oh. press the red button. Yeah, that, that that's good. I, I, won't be, I won't be at home, I'll be at work, I'm afraid, till ten, so... so I bet you still manage to on the red button no I'll still I'll listen to it on my radio don't worry but we it's one of them you know I I just just got it we win aren't we well we'll give you a little shout out when we get the 1-1 draw if at the end of the Radio Stoke commentary you hear get in Ian there you go (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for that Ange so that's the negative one a bit down in the dumps obviously with what's happened over the last week but if you enjoyed the podcast make sure you tell your friends word of mouth means a hell of a lot more than any kind of social media post it really does but speaking of social media if you want to follow follow us up and find out a bit more just put it put us on instagram twitter and facebook you'll just find us dead easy just put the podcast in enjoying there was also on facebook our group page which is called the potters make sure you go on there just ask just answer the simple question i'll add you as soon as possible we're also on any every podcast platform spotify amazon any of the others just type in the potters podcast you'll find us easy 
If you're on iTunes, please do us the honour of giving us a five-star review. It means a hell of a lot to the podcast. It means we grow. It helps us to form and make better contact for you. So thanks for listening. To all, all the best.